0: Thank you, Kyle. If you brought your Bibles this morning. Please turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. And I want to share a passage of Scripture and then uh, some selected chapters of books throughout the Bible. This morning I want to share with you it's time to be saved. It's time to be saved. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6. I want to read uh, one verse and then share some thoughts with you. Second, Second Corinthians chapter 6 verse 2. For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I succored thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold now is the day of salvation. There's not a person here this morning who has never struggled with the fleeting of time, the passing of time. Kind of struggling with that already this morning at almost 11.50. Time is very important to all of us. Someone has said that time waits for no one. Jesus said it this way. He said, we need to redeem the time. I remember growing up as a young boy, my mother and dad used to go shopping in this particular grocery store. They'd get these green stamps, these S&H green stamps, top value stamps. and They'd save those, and then at a certain time when they accumulated all these books, they'd take them to Florence, and we'd go to the redemption store, and they'd redeem those books of stamps. They'd turn those stamps in, and they'd have something of value, trade it for some type of merchandise. Jesus said you need to redeem the time. You need to use your time for something valuable. Why is that? Why would he say something like that? Real simple, because we don't have much time left on this earth. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27 says, Simply, it's appointed unto man once to die. And after this, the judgment. After death, the judgment. The point is simply this. There comes a marked time, a month, a day, a year, that our time on earth, life as we know it, ends. Could be very short, could be a very lengthy period of time, long period of time, considered in what we consider time. But we come together today just to celebrate the history of our church and also to remember our loved ones and our friends and brothers and sisters in, in Christ who, who have left this earth, who have, whose, whose life on earth has ended. Hebrews 9, verse 27, has been fulfilled in their life. It's appointed unto man once to die. And after this, after death, the judgment. So they kept their appointed time. We're looking for that time in our life. And so, first of all, time is fleeting. Time is fleeting time is passing but secondly life is getting shorter in regards to that life is getting shorter the bible says in james verse uh, chapter 4 verse 14 that life is really like a vapor whereas you know not what you shall be on tomorrow for what is your life and he says it's even as a vapor it appeareth for a little while and then it vanishes away kind of like steam coming up off of a cup of coffee and it comes up and then it just vanishes away he says that's what life is. Also, we're told that life is just like water poured upon the ground. You know, we had a lot of rain this this week, and you go out, and there's puddles of water, and all of a sudden you come back, and it's gone. And that's the way life is here momentarily. It's gone. The Bible says it's kind of like a flower that grows in a field. It comes up, it's pretty, and one day it's cut down, and it's gone. And so time is fleeting, and life is getting shorter. And that means when that happens, that... Eternity is nearer. Eternity is nearer than we think. The point is, man doesn't live on earth forever. You can look at the cemetery and come to that conclusion. You can see a funeral procession and see i come to that conclusion. So man doesn't live forever, but I believe that some people think they're going to live on earth forever. You say, Brother Sammy, not me. I mean, I don't think that. Really? You don't think that? I don't see many, or I see plenty today, people planning like tomorrow's going to come. Very few are planning that eternity is near. I believe some people think they're going to live on earth forever and forever. They're planning and they're planning for earth, and they're not planning for eternity. A rich farmer kind of had this philosophy in Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12, Jesus tells in Luke 12, verse uh, 16, he says this, and he spake a parable unto them. So he tells a story, he tells a parable. Luke 12, verse 16, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentiful, and he thought within himself, he's talking to himself, he thought within himself, what shall I do, because I have no room where to bestow my fruits? He'd really been blessed. And he said, This will I do. I'll pull down my barns, I'll build greater and greater barns, and and there I'll bestow all of my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, So thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. For God said unto him, Thy food, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whose shall those things be which thou hast provided? So this rich farmer, he had all of his barns full. He was going to live on earth. Had his barns full for earth, but his soul was empty for God and the things of God. And so that night, he heard a voice. And the voice says, Thy food. Literally, it says, Fool, tonight your soul will be required of thee. The original really says this Fool, tonight, uh, Fool, these things have required your soul. So God gave, and He gives you, and He gives me time to prepare for eternity, not earth. You know what you have time for? Well, i got time to make a living. i got time to to spend with my family. God gives us time to prepare for eternity. That's why we have time. That's what time is for. That's the only thing really time is good for, is to prepare for eternity. So the question is, where is eternity? Well, eternity is that unlimited existence of mankind after death in a place called heaven or earth. An, an unlimited existence of mankind after death in a place called heaven or a place called hell excuse me a place called hell. You see, mankind is finite. We have to have a location. Started off we were located in the Garden of Eden. Now we're located in Phil Campbell, Alabama, some in Russell, some wherever you came from. We're we're finite. We have to have a place to be located. God is infinite. God is everywhere anytime. And so Luke chapter 16 speaks of a rich man and speaks of a a poor man, Lazarus. And uh, Luke chapter 16, verse 22, listen to what he says. And it came to pass that the beggar, Lazarus, died and was carried by angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and he was buried. And in hell he lifted up his eyes, been in torments, and saith Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. So when you die, be in finite we go immediately to a location location that place been heaven or that place a place jesus said i'm going to prepare a place for you we have to have a place and he has prepared heaven or hell that a person may live eternally heaven for the believer heaven for the saved that's why paul said in second corinthians 5 verse 8 absent from the body is to be present with the lord we have that place Then hell for the unbeliever, Luke chapter 16. And in hell, he lifted up his eyes, being in torment. Of course, the poor man was carried to Abraham's bosom. So the point is this. Eternity is nearer than you think. My dad preached his last sermon, or he preached his last sermon on the subject of death. I have a copy of that sermon. Two weeks later, my dad was in eternity. Two weeks later, on one Sunday he preached, the following Sunday he was sick, couldn't preach, and before the next Sunday came, he was in eternity. That's how close eternity was to my dad, him not knowing it. The Twin Towers fell. Thousands and thousands and thousands of people were killed in that attack. Uh, They didn't realize that eternity, when they got up that morning, that eternity was so near. A couple of weeks ago, one of our congressmen tempted... Assassination on one of our congressmen. He didn't know between third base and second base, he played in second base, that eternity was on second base. He was that close to eternity. The others practicing that baseball game didn't know how close eternity was for them that day. So eternity is nearer than you think. You may think it's way out there somewhere, and I've got a long life in ahead of me, but time is fleeting, life is getting shorter, eternity is nearer, and that's why God's word says, Salvation is today. Salvation is today. Second Corinthians chapter six, verse two, salvation is today. He says, I've heard, and this is the time accepted, in the day of salvation. Have I succored thee? I've called you. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. And so today, as a gospel preacher of the Lord Jesus Christ, it's my responsibility to confront you with the most important question that you'll ever answer in your existence here on earth. And that is, what am I going to do with Jesus Christ? You have an opportunity to receive him today or to reject him. Eternity may be closer than you think. I'm not talking about joining a church or uh, joining a Baptist church or some other church. I'm talking about receiving him into your life as your personal Lord and Savior and having a personal relationship with him. So today you have a choice to decide the, the direction in which your soul will go at the time of death, either to heaven or either to hell. So the question boils down to this. Today, would you be willing to believe the gospel of Jesus Christ and be saved? Would you be willing first to admit that you're a sinner and that you cannot save yourself and that it's not anything that you can do that you've done in the past or you'll ever do in the future to merit eternal life, but he did it all for us on, in the world, for the world, on the cross at Calvary? Would you be willing to admit that you're a sinner? Before you'll ever go to heaven, you have to admit that you're bad. And you have to admit that you're a sinner. And then would you be willing to confess or believe first that Jesus Christ is who he says is, that he is the Son of God, that he came and died on the cross for your sins, and that he was buried, and that he arose again, and one day he's coming back? Would you be willing to trust Him, believe in Him, His gospel, that one day if you put your faith and trust in Him, you can have eternal life? Would you be willing to turn from your sin and confess Him as your Lord? You know, that's why the Bible says in Romans 10, verse 9 and 10. It simply says, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thy heart that God is raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, but with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Confessing what? Confessing that Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior of my life. He's the Lord. He's the boss. You see, if you're your own boss today, you're either lost or you're backslidden. You don't make Jesus your Lord. You receive him. He's already Lord. You receive him as Lord over your life. Now listen, as a politician would say, let, let, let me make this very clear. Let's be clear now, all right? right. Second Corinthians 5, verse 17 says this. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. And so one way that you know that you've been saved is your life's been changed. If your life has never been changed, you say, well, I went to church and I prayed a prayer one time. If your life has never been changed, you've never been saved. He changes your life. If there's been no change in your life, then there's been no change in your heart. And with your heart, confession is made unto salvation. Confessing that Jesus Christ is my Lord and my Savior. It's time to be saved. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. I don't know your spiritual condition. But if you're a guest here this morning. If you've never trusted Jesus Christ. Would you be willing to humble your heart. And say during this invitation Him, Brother Sammy I want Christ to come into my life and save me. And after everybody leaves we'll just have a visit together. We'll, have, we'll spend some time together. But I'm going to tell you what friend. Time is fleeting. Life is getting shorter. Eternity is nearer than you think. Salvation is today. I was talking to Brother Ralph some weeks back, and I said, you know, Ralph, I believe you're going to make it to a hundred. We were talking. I said, I I believe you're going to make it to a hundred. That's what he said. He said, I don't know, Brother Sammy. He said, I'm a a ticking time bum. Let me tell you something. You know what you are. You know what I am. We're a ticking time bomb. Any moment, we can be called away from missile earth, and we'll be sent to the location that we've chosen, our choice. To deny Christ, going to a place. Finite. Gotta have a place. Going to a place called hell. Trust in Christ. Going to a place called heaven. Man, if we never meet again, thank you, Kyle, for singing that song. If we never meet again, this side of heaven, I'll meet you over on the beautiful shore. My goodness, what a, what, what, something to think about and to praise God for if you've trusted Christ. Come today. If you're not attending church anywhere and you're here today, come unite with this church. We're going to give you an opportunity, just as you are, To come and receive Christ today. Any other decision you have, you come. And let's uh, listen, if you would. Uh, Let's stand.